Ho, ho, ho! Greetings from the North Pole, and welcome to Money MD! We're giving presents to all the boys and girls for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We've been making a list and checking it twice and delivering common sense solutions to all your complex problems. Naughty or nice. And now, here are my delightful elves. Oh, <coughs> sorry, I mean doctors. John, it's hard to believe we're here about, what, two and a half weeks till Christmas? It just doesn't feel like it's it. It's not long. It's not it long is not long. long. Yeah. Haven't got all my shopping done yet. I've got some ideas, but I haven't pulled the trigger. So. Yeah, I haven't done much either. And uh, yeah, so it's, uh, I don't know, it's a weird year with COVID. I think a lot of people are just kind of business as usual. They're not gearing up for the big parties and the big family yeah. gatherings, and it's it, a shame. But yeah, having said that, the, the stock market uh, is happy about Christmas. They, I, you know, there's something called a Santa Claus rally. I think it's happening early. It is happening <laughs> you know, early. We've December a, started out fantastic as well. I mean, November, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it did. Tremendous. It did. So, you know, hopefully this will continue on. Obviously, there's going to be some volatility, but... You know, it, we're we're I, I, I'm optimistic. Yeah, it's um, I, we do think we see the light at the end of the tunnel on the vaccine. I mean, it's going to be approved here pretty soon and uh, starting to roll out over already in the UK. I mean, they're yeah they're vaccine uh, vac- vaccinating people now. That's right, they are. So it is coming, and uh, hopefully these vaccines, I mean, these right. uh, infections will could will taper off here and head down in the very near future. But we do have some a great show to talk about today. You know and. One of the exciting things we have, John, is we have this new stimulus bill that is, um, you know, on the brink of being passed. That's been kind of introduced this year, this month, that this week. Yeah. You know, in the Senate, and has uh, been tentatively agreed on, and uh, nine hundred eight billion dollars. So we're going to break that down, and we're going to talk about some of the the goodies in there that the stock market is liking recently. Yeah, I think that that's another piece of the increase is they do see that stimulus out there. And then we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about a softer topic about holiday stress. And uh, boy, it's been a stressful 2020 in a lot of different areas. And um, there's some ways that you can actually reduce that stress. And we've got uh, quite a few of them here we're going to go through on the second half of the show. So uh, pay attention. There's some good ones in there. Yeah, probably include just getting to 2021, <laughs> right? right? Getting Watch, this one in the rearview mirror. Watching the year turn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 25 years' experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to all the podcasts. You can sit there and listen from your computer or download them to your iPhone. Um, also have a lot of really good tools out on the website. So if you haven't been out there, go check that out. There's a, a tab called resources that we've uh, put that in and Facebook page, MoneyMD. We put a prescription of the week out there every single week. So check us out. Yep. And you can link to us on our website, send us your questions. We'll cover those here on the show. So John, we're going to start off here with the fact of the week. Yes, 2020. Wow, what a, what a year. It set so many records in so many different areas. And um, this is really interesting. And, and who would have guessed this? But uh, two of the best three months um, total return of the S&P 500 have happened in um, 2020. So the uh, two of the best three months of the last 30 years. Wow, yeah. In 2020. And one wow. of them was back in April, and the other one was in November. 
Um, and so obviously to have that big of a, an up, you have to have an equally yeah. I was going to say the one in <laughs> April was because we had one yes. of the worst months That's in the right. last 30 years. But and it does go to show you that when you have a negative time period, um, his, history shows that it's going to come back up equally. That's and right. It's not always like that. But uh, gosh, just stay stay invested. Do some rebalancing. Uh, 2020 has, again, set so many records. And uh, it really puts into to play, you know, people should have confidence in their financial situation coming out of this um, based on what the markets have done. I mean, no one predicted this, obviously, but um, stay invested and be diversified. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, we talked about this some back in, in March, whenever all this was going on and the markets were dropping, that historically, <clears throat> history shows that markets do <clears throat> rebound faster when they have a fast drop like that. And, um, you know, and recover most of that in the first six months after the bottom. And that's, in fact, what we did see. And uh, this past month really capped that off as it as most asset classes are now back in the black of the yes, year. And, right. you know, hopefully we'll finish here with a, <clears throat> a positive month in, in December and really, you know, put us back in in good stead for the uh, for 2020, despite all the. Yes. The, uh, oh, it's turmoil. been challenging. Oh, my goodness. What a year. What a year. <laughs> what a year. Good fact of the week. All right. And that brings us up to our first topic here, and that is breaking down the, the $908 billion relief bill, John, that was just uh, kind of introduced um, in Congress and has been kind of tentatively agreed on. This is an article out of the Washington Post very recently. and But, John, I mean, Congress unveiled their $908 billion relief plan this week, um, and that's gained some support of some of the top Democrats and Republicans, kind of breathing new life into these it's kind of stalled talks that have been going on for several months about economic relief. And <clears throat> so they detailed the plans this week. The framework provides hundreds of billions of dollars in aid to, to kind of the jobless people that are out of work. Um, and then also hundreds of billions of dollars to the hard hit states and cities, mm -hmm. although it, it didn't provide any of the direct stimulus checks that a lot of people wanted yeah. and were expecting. Um, so there are definitely some omissions here. But having said that, Still, almost a trillion dollars, nine hundred eight billion dollars. So that that certainly is going to, yeah, it's not insignificant. Not insignificant. It's going to breathe some life into the economy for sure. Um, but it also provides some new business friendly funding, and at least temporarily protects businesses and other entities from the coronavirus related lawsuits. Um, and that measure includes some of the other priorities uh, that the the nation <clears throat> uh, to help the nation through this coronavirus pandemic, such as funding healthcare officials to help with the distribution of the vaccine, as well as aid for hospitals and the hungry and the U.S. Postal Service. There's a whole bunch of pieces here that we'll talk about as we go through this. Yeah, and investors are certainly optimistic that this additional stimulus package um, will, will will pass pretty soon and it will boost the economy. Um, I mean, this is partially what has helped the, the market uh, recently. I mean, the stock market likes additional money going in. Uh, but it could further, you know, further spur markets uh, once it's passed and the money actually gets into the economy and starts flowing. So we're going to look at a couple of different areas here. The first one was business aid, and certainly the spike in coronavirus cases and uh, the winter months have fueled fears about the possible devastation for certain segments of the economy. And we're seeing that play out now in restaurants and hotels, uh, airlines, bus companies, and a lot of other uh, hard-hit industries uh, that have been affected by the pan pandemic have warned of mass layoffs and dire consequences in coming months if there's not federal assistance. So part of this bill um, is really the most expensive item in the plan is $288 billion in assistance for U.S. businesses. And I, 
I couldn't, I mean, I, I think it's necessary. Some of these industries yeah. are still, and some of them are being shuttered even now. I mean, there's more lockdowns um, going into place. So this is kind of a, it will prop them up. That's right. Yeah. There's been hundreds of thousands of restaurants that have closed. I mean, although I do think they will open back up maybe <clears throat> under different names or whatever, but in, in cities, you know, they've really been hit tremendously hard, but lots of businesses and lawmakers are insisting that this pot of funding, you know, be primarily geared toward assisting small companies, small firms. Um, so the centerpiece of the business aid program is expected to be another round of the Paycheck um, Protection Program, the PPP program, you know, which has already doled out hundreds of billions of dollars in forgivable small business loans and often without significant controversy um, to millions of American firms. Mm -hmm. um, but this new funding would allow businesses <clears throat> that have already exhausted their PPP funding to apply for another round of payments. Um, this time, though, firms applying for the PPP funding will almost certainly be required to demonstrate some substantial declines in revenue mm -hmm. to qualify for the assistance. They want to make it more targeted. Yeah, last you time know, it was just wide open. It was wide open, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of firms didn't really need it, were mm -hmm. applying for it, you yeah. know, and <clears throat> they weren't really affected at very hard. So, But part of the $288 billion is also likely to be used for targeted help, specifically for restaurants, which are expected to just be slammed by closures, um, particularly as the outdoor dining during these winter months is shutting down. Um, so it would also include another round of economic injury disaster loans, which offers small loans to, you know, for, for the private uh, payroll protection program. Yeah, right, right. So that's a good one. Businesses are, are struggling. And uh, obviously there are a lot of people out of, out of work as well, uh, getting unemployment benefits. And that's actually the second most expensive item in this bill is a, it's $180 billion for enhanced unemployment benefits um, to folks who are, are jobless at this point. So under this plan, Americans uh, on unemployment would receive an additional $300 per week from the federal government on top of the existing state unemployment benefits, um, assuming those have, haven't been exhausted based on your situation. And you know, back in March, they had a $600 per week um, addition, which expired at the end of July. And uh, Trump also did a approved a $300 per week um, unemployment bonus in August, but that ran out in October. So if you've uh, unemployed out there, there is some help that's going to be coming through this, uh, this additional uh, framework, which yeah. is good. Yeah, that's Maybe. right, because there's about 20 million Americans, they say, that are receiving <clears throat> um, unemployment benefits currently. And according to the latest data, many of those, uh, you know, have long odds of, of securing employments during the winter, you know, as things are, you know, shutting down or outdoor activities are limited and outdoor dining especially. <clears throat> um, so one significant outstanding question, though, facing lawmakers is whether or not these unemployment benefits will be made retroactive to cover the prior months, you know, that that people were without these benefits um, between the two programs. And but, but the unemployment benefit is a in the bipartisan plan that we're talking about here would at least cover from December through March. But lawmakers haven't decided whether or not they would compensate people for lost benefits from the fall. And the plan draft also includes um, an extension in the uh, Pandemic Unemployment Assistance, which is a program for the self-employed and the gig workers who weren't eligible for traditional unemployment benefits, as well as an extension in the base benefits. So both are expected to be extended through March. So mm -hmm. that is coming if you're That's out good. there yeah, receiving unemployment benefits. <clears throat> 
Another key part of this plan, though, is is state and local funding, um, because a, a key drag on the American economy has proven to be the shedding of the state and local jobs with about 1.2 million that have been lost so far at the state and local governments. Um, so there's an additional uh, 300,000, though, that are at risk of losing um, their job very soon, according to the Urban Bookings Stack Tax Policy Institute. So the bipartisan plan we're talking about here proposes funneling about $160 billion to state and local governments to help them through the next several months without um, further cuts in personnel or services. And so that provision has sparked those some substantial controversy as you know, a lot of lawmakers kind of denounce the aid for governments as kind of bailouts mm-hmm. for years of poor fiscal management. Um, and other lawmakers are seeking to kind of approve new guardrails on state and local money, you know, as a condition for their support for the package. So we'll see if that remains in the package. Yeah. So this next provision is probably the most likely to be removed before it's approved. Um, Republicans have, have tried to get legislation to um, provide a, a, a liability shield for businesses, and um, Democrats have not been in favor um, of that. And also, Republicans are struggling to accept the legislation with the state and local funding. So I think they yeah. are close, but these are two items that they are, have really um, not agreed on. Yeah, they both kind of dug their heels in. And, you know, these demands have incensed many Democrats who are already furious at what they've seen in the uh, overly pe- um, permissive approach from the Department of Labor and policing employer handling uh, the coronavirus dangers and work. So uh, we'll see if this one goes through or not. But um, gosh, from a business owner standpoint, I mean, you know, the government can't even manage the coronavirus. The yeah. world can't manage <clears throat> it. How can a business manage this? Yeah, and I mean, how can you prove that he got that business? And even if they did get it in the business, you know, I mean, it's kind of everybody's personal responsibility to wear a mask and social distance. And I I don't know. It's just, you know, that's, I think you, you you know, it's hard to, hard to say you could, and if you had a bunch of lawsuits, you really could sink businesses very quickly. I'm sure there'll be lawsuits out there. uh, There probably will. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's an interesting aspect. We'll see if that stays in there. I think that probably will come out along, you know, maybe with some of those state and local funding. We don't know. But um, anyway, there are a whole range of funding for smaller measures that are in the bill. Um, it includes more than a half dozen other pots of funding that are aimed at meeting some other areas of need in the country, and many of them very critical. And so these include, just a, a quick list here, $82 billion for schools and education funding. Mm-hmm. I guess that has to do with the coronavirus. Um, $45 billion for hard-hit transit agencies, including airlines, airports, buses, and Amtrak. You know, certainly those guys have been hit really hard, so that that would be good. $26 billion for agriculture and nutrition assistance, um, which would aim to head off the enormous hunger crisis emerging, you know, across the country. Um, according to the research here, and then twenty-six billion dollars or twenty-five billion dollars for housing and rental assistance, um, another sixteen billion to help uh, governments kind of distribute the vaccine, and probably uh, kind of a massive undertaking there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would help the local expenses involved with that. Um, Ten billion dollars for U.S. Postal Service, and another ten billion dollars for child care. So lots of little things inside this bill. Yeah, lots lots of money out there flowing, that's for sure. And uh, what's not in the bill right now, um, you know, the uh, a lot of top priorities are still absent at this point. The agreement's silent on multiple critical deadlines facing Congress over 
some emergency programs that are set to expire at the end of the year. For instance, the plan does not renew the federal moratorium on evictions that is set to expire at the end of December. And experts fear the expiration of the moratorium could put 30 million renters at risk for uh, eviction. So they think this may be in there, but this is why it's it's been held up. I mean, they've been negotiating these things for right for four or five months now so um yeah we'll see very difficult <clears throat> issues to try to address in this bill and i guess that's the reason why they can't get it can't yep. quite get it done but we'll see if this gets through um and yeah they, they also the second round of the twelve hundred dollar stimulus checks you know were, was certainly supported by the congressional democrats and the president but it, you know wasn't included in the bipartisan bill so that's not in here and that would um of course you know would would have run the the cost of the package yeah, way up. And that was the thing, you know, that I think the GOP really wanted to keep it below a trillion dollars. And, and so that didn't make the, the bill. So um, the plan also leaves out kind of a suite of tax cuts that Republicans were pushing for. Um, and, and, you know, including uh, the payroll tax cut for firms. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things in here. It doesn't have, but it still has a lot of positive things that I think will help the economy, will help the stock yeah. market overall. Um, so very important bill. Hopefully it'll pass soon. I, I feel confident it will. I don't think there's any way the lawmakers are going home for Christmas without yeah. having this on the That's books. That's right. Yeah. Tr so. Trillion dollars. That's a lot. And unfortunately, you know, it, it's it's being the can is being kicked down the road, Steve. Our deficit continues to increase. So oh, my goodness. While this yeah. is good short term, long term, there needs to be some solutions brought Fourth. Wow. I mean, yeah, the, between this and the previous bill, it's another $3 trillion yes. tacked under our, de under our, uh, our debt. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a good point. All right. So that leads us up here to our question of the week. So the question is, is how can I get out of the mindset that I will always have a car payment? What are some practical steps? And, you know, it's, um, you know, we've listened to Dave Ramsey enough over the years. Sometimes his shows, he says, I should label, sell your truck. You know, right. and so the the best way to get out of the the debt and out of a car payment is to to sell it and downsize, get something right. less expensive. Once you have that paid off, start paying yourself two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollars a month. Put it in another account, and then you know the next five or six or seven years, you have cash that you can go pay for it. But exactly. I mean, you know, if you buy a new vehicle and you're making payments, you know, you're gonna pay for the whole vehicle plus interest, right? I mean. So the key is to save that money ahead of time and pay cash. That's really the key. So all you have to do is get ahead one time, John. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I talk to young people about this, you know, often. And, um, you know, when they get in this trap of having a car payment and always buying a new car on payments and never getting anything paid off, or when they do, they it's time to get a new car. And, you know, you only have to get ahead of that curve one time, setting up a car fund <clears throat> and saving the money ahead of time. So just buy a good used car, sell your, your car that you have the huge payment on and, you know, and then ride that used car until you have a sufficient fund to, to upgrade to a newer car. Yep. And, but keep, you got to get on the, the train of paying cash and then you'll be ahead forever if you just keep putting that money away yep. I like, for the next car. I like that. You <clears throat> get ahead one time and then start paying yourself that, that car payment and uh, exactly. you're, you're done with it. Exactly. All right. Good question of the week. And that leads us up here to our next topic. And that is 
12 ways to reduce holiday stress. Yeah, it's a stressful 2020. You think the holidays are going to be stressful, Steve? <laughs> well, compared to the, the the pandemic we've been through, I feel oh. like holidays will be a breeze, John. I don't I don't know what everybody's stressing yeah, over, I quite frankly. Know. We'll see. This is uh, this comes from the Ramsey organization, and uh, whether you're a diehard you know Christmas fan or someone who just wants to get it over with, I mean holidays are, are certainly full of stress-inducing moments and. You know, instead of um, being a season of rest and celebration, a lot of times they're they're stressful, and then for a lot of folks, painful as well. If you've lost a loved one, or you know, certainly 2020 has sure. been a difficult year from that standpoint. So, you know, holiday stress can certainly sneak up on us without a moment's notice. So, you know, we've had travel restrictions um, thanks to the global pandemic. We've had financial strain, a heat, heated election. Um, we basically had chaos, Steve, in 2020. So yes, we um, did. Yeah, I think people are stressed and the anxiety level of people are, are certainly higher. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, the, you know, the holiday stress is when the mind and the body's response to, um, you know, responsibilities and demands in our lives kind of goes off the chart. And so stress is normal. And, um, you know, stress can actually be a good thing, get you focused and so forth. But Boy, I tell you, you got to recognize it and step back. And and certainly, as we we talked about, 2020 has been filled with a lot of challenges. Yeah, it has, you know. And when I think about holidays, though, I mean, I think of probably the one of the most stressful things for a lot of people is getting together with family that you may disagree with, you know. And this year, hey, that may not happen. Because <laughs> you're not going to get together with <laughs> you're them. Probably not going to get together with yeah. them, right? Not so, that you don't disagree with them, but so maybe this will be a lower stress holiday. For that reason, you won't have to be around your brother-in-law or whoever it is that you might you might disagree with. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, 2020 was filled with uh, financial challenges, travel restrictions, health concerns, political nonsense, among other things. I mean, you know, this makes Christmas 2020 is going to seem like a uh, a cakewalk compared to that. <laughs> but, well, if you don't meet with your family, so that's right. We can just right. have one thing to reduce holiday stress, right? That's just exactly right. Don't meet right. with family. <laughs> yeah, I mean, holidays shouldn't be stressful, you know, and filled with drama. I mean, so you know, let's take back control of your attitude and in your approach to conflict and your actions, <clears throat> and you can cut holiday stress in a powerful and, and meaningful way just by kind of your attitude toward it. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about here. Yeah. So, you know, a few years ago, there was a survey and uh, found that 62% of people said their stress level increased during the holidays. And, you know, add the chaos of 2020, and it's kind of setting up if, if you do get together at, at mom and dad's house or, you know, a loved one's house, um, you got to be careful. So refusing to let stress uh, run your life is is a choice. You just have to recognize it. So we're going to go through these 12 items here pretty quick. The first one is uh, set boundaries on your schedule and your spending. So that's a, that's important. Have a budget right. going into this. And over the holidays, um, you get to decide where you're going to go, how long you're going to stay there, um, who you invite to your home. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people I know we're, we're planning in our family. Um, we normally get together as a family, have two brothers and they have families. We're not going to do that this year. We're each going to meet separately with with my parents in like their garage (laughs) outdoors. And so you got to set your schedule. Um, The spending piece of it is equally important. That can cause stress if you try to go overboard. Yeah, absolutely. And then here's the big one, John. That's avoid family conflict. You know, I mean. I'm glad you put conflict in there versus just avoiding family. That's right. It's the conflict around it. So, yeah, yeah holidays they expose our need for boundaries with our families. And even the best of families can <clears throat> can drive you crazy, you know. I mean, <clears throat> things you disagree with. So, 
you know, it, it, when I think about family conflicts, I just simply say, don't talk about politics. Yeah. You know, that's probably the biggest, you know, point of contention in this year. I mean, my goodness. Oh, no doubt. It is, it is just off the charts, you know, if you disagree with folks about and politics. I think, so. I think even stating that up front, you know, hey, we're here as a family. Yeah. We're, Lay that rule down. Lay that boundary down. We are not talking about politics. Yeah, it's it's just, just not, there's nothing, nothing good. good to, nothing good can come of that. Right. I agree. <laughs> So, but yeah, this year before you pack your bags, um, you know, spend some time thinking about the potential conflicts like that that are going to pop up with your family. So if your Uncle Eddie has a, you know, pattern of talking about, you know, <clears throat> bad about a particular group of people, and don't be surprised when he begins his rant and just, you know, just, just change the subject, you know, come up with your, your, your response now and just say, you know, Uncle Eddie, we're going to talk about this and say, let's not talk about that this year, you know, and just change the subject i mean you know ask him to stop um whatever it is i mean just just ratchet down the the volume and the anxiety this year um you know settle in your heart and your mind what you will will and won't tolerate and just you know just plan to have an exit plan for that conversation i will have to say the conflict at at my family gatherings has to do clemson and carolina football so (laughs) well that'll be easy this year we can play yeah last couple years i've kind of quiet in that area so um (laughs) stay away from that so number three here is focus on what you can control and as you mentioned, Steve, you can't control what people are saying and their attitudes and so forth. So uh, you just got to recognize that that you're not going to change their mind about something. I like the idea of setting the boundary on the front end of it. That's important. So uh, another one here is know your role in the situation. Sometimes we experience stress by by taking on roles that we were never meant to shoulder. Um, so if you're going over to someone's house and you're not comfortable with you know, the, the process or what they're doing, uh, just step back. It's going to be okay. You don't have to get in the middle of it and, and cause stress for you and other family members. So uh, number five here, just say no. I like that one. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no, that's a hard word to say sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, we all love Christmas no matter who you are, but it's absurd to try to attend, you know, a, a lot of different parties and exchanges. I, I do think the parties are pretty much going to cease. They won't have that problem this I don't, year. I don't think a lot of people are going to be having Christmas parties, particularly with the spike that we're seeing. But, yeah. you know, if you do have that and this season is causing you stress, just say no. It's okay to kind yeah, of just, reset where you are. Just don't go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then limit your time on social media. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll go a step further and say, you know, don't watch the news. Yeah. You know, I mean, the news can be stressful. It's always negative stuff. Social media is the same way. Um, you know, there's an overwhelming amount of information and nonsense in the news out there in the country right now. Um, not only do we see it, you know, on our TVs, but we see it, you know, through our social media feeds. It's literally making us insane, you know, if you focus on that stuff. Oh, so, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I think the right attitude is just tune it out. You know, yep. I mean, just 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 stay tuned to, to non-stressful stuff and recognize that this stuff you read out there or you, or you plug into – is raising your blood pressure. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I love the uh, self-help stuff. Like, I mean, like listening to us. I mean, we, we try to present information. Dave Ramsey, I think, does a really good job of that as well. Right. So uh, turn off that social media and the news media for that matter. Um, Christmas budget, we talked about that. Very important. Don't try to outdo, you know, Aunt Susie or, you know, Uncle Joe or whatever. Just, you don't have to, you know, it's not the dollar amount. So make sure you have a budget going into this. It's been a tough year financially, um, you know, doing uh, self-made things. Pinterest has a lot of great ideas, so make sure you do a Christmas budget. Yeah, that's right. And then don't don't overdo it on the sugar. Oh, come oh on, darn. Steve. <laughs> no, really? I hate that. 
Yeah, I mean, you really can have a too much of a good thing here. And so, <laughs> you know, when it comes to the holidays, peanut butter that's pie. That's often I what mean, happens, you yeah. know, late nights of hot chocolate, mom's famous sugar cookies, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, too much sugar messes up your natural hormone responses, your your blood sugar, your insulin levels, um your brain, uh, neurotransmitters, you know, the body's chem- chemistry. But it's so good. Yeah, I know. I know. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like Bug's Life. I mean, you're just flying yeah, into right. light, yeah, right? I see the light. Yeah, I see the light. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, try to work in some exercise between those sugar cookies. I mean, so <laughs> if you get a good workout, you exercise, kind of build that in your routine. Don't skip that just because it's the holidays. And you, can, you can go on a walk or a run and take some sugar cookies if you get hungry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, just limit yourself, okay? Keep yeah. it to maybe after dinner or something, just, you know, one dessert. I mean, just, just kind of put some boundaries around it. Yeah, get sleep, stay healthy. I mean, sleep is really important. I, I, I have issues sleeping uh, sometimes. I don't know if I'm thinking about life or whatever, but uh, it, it really, it creates uh, anxiety in your life if you don't sleep well. So make sure you get plenty of sleep. Maybe it's too many sugar cookies I'm eating. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's keeping me up. So <laughs> That's right. you got, got to protect your, your downtime and actually maybe like exactly. read a book or something. Yeah, have, have, some, have some quiet time, some downtime. That's right. I mean, this is a season of giving, but don't give so much of yourself away that you have nothing left, you know, for yourself or nothing left to give. So keep your pace and your your peace and your quiet, you know, and uh, and you'll keep your sanity in doing so. Um, so make time to enjoy the things that you love. Read a book, you know, do a Christmas devotional, or drive into you know some of your favorite Christmas, you know, movies that you know <clears throat> put you in a holiday spirit. Dive into those. Like Elf. Your... You ever watch Elf? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. If I you need not. to watch Elf, Steve. All right, <clears throat> go watch should. Elf and come back and give us a report. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I like I like the funny stuff. I like comedy. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That's, that slapstick. sounds like my kind of movie. There you yeah. go. <laughs> so the last one is um, just you know relationships are the most important. I think that's one of the takeaways from 2020 is just people and relationships are the most important thing in your life. All this material stuff, it just doesn't matter. So uh, make uh, make relationships your top priority. Spend some time, go to lunch with someone you haven't seen in a while, and uh, just be thankful and joyful that uh, you have your loved ones around you um, this Christmas and, um, you know, take the stress off. There you go. Yeah, good, good advice. I like it. All right, and that brings us to uh, our last thing of the, the the show, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, we talked about this last week, and we talk about this periodically. But uh, you know, you may want to consider a donor advised fund. It's a, it's a way that you can um, maybe lump a couple of years of of giving into one year, and yep. it gets you over the standard deduction. You can then uh, distribute that out over the the you know the future years to your charity. You can donate appreciated securities, um, assets, and so forth, and it's a way to get a tax deduction this year, and uh, you can you know distribute it into future years. So donor advised fund is something you should potentially consider. Yeah, absolutely. I love those, and they they do a great great job. Makes it a lot simpler, just giving it all at once, and you can give appreciated securities mm-hmm. and, and take a tax deduction, like you said, avoid capital gains tax. So a great way to plan for your your gifting giving through a donor advised fund. All right, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Do tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can give us a call at Richard Dennis Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one.
This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.